stops, everything stops, nothing left in the fountain. Nobody wants paper money, son, so you just will stop counting. Can you break the horse? Can you light the fire? What's that? I beg your pardon. You best start thinking where your food comes from, and I hope you tend a good garden. Getting down on the mountain, getting down on the mountain. Don't wanna be around when the shit goes down. I'll be getting down on the mountain. If the truck don't run, the bread don't come. Have a hard time finding petrol. Water ain't running in the city no more. Do you hold it precious metal? Can you get the fish? Can oh, I need to figure out a way to fade that out. Still learning this technology, folks, but uh, welcome back. Uh, hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, recorded on Saturday with uh, with Tyler Flake. That was fun watching the... It was uh, not live. Um, I mean, we watched it, but uh, the roadie had already happened. But anyhow, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I uh, enjoyed that. Um, this episode is going to be a little more of a downer, but I'm going to try to try to make you laugh here and there. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been following the news quite a little bit and, um, and not just here. There's a lot of shit going on here that, uh, concerns me a lot, you know, with, with pretty good reason, I, I think. Um, but I do, I do this, I do think there's a lot of stuff going on, um, throughout the world that is uh alarming to say the least and um yeah i think we're headed to war um like i i'm not i'm not 100 convinced but i'm pretty sure pretty sure um you know i don't i don't wish it at all um i think that's i think it's a bad bad plan but uh it seems to be seems to be where we're headed and mm, you know I, I guess we we could start off um with with the good news like we'll, we'll start we'll start with some good news just so so we we just ease into this situation um Brittany Griner is back, baby. She is back. And we only had to give up the merchant of death for her, the Lord of War himself. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, Lord of War with Nicolas Cage. Best actor uh, in, in my generation, hands down. Um, with, uh, I mean, just classics after classic after classic. Um. Anyway, the guy that he played in that movie that sold all the the former, you know, all, all the weapons to all these different war zones uh, across the world, and and most of the time he was selling to weapons to people on both sides, and he was selling weapons for the U.S. government because they they couldn't be seen in there. And then he was probably selling with the Russians because they couldn't be seen in the you know having a hand in this conflict or another. And the meanwhile, this dude was just breaking in cash. Um, doing a very dangerous job, um, you know, no doubt, um, but raking in cash. And, well, Russia's got him back now, and we got Brittany Griner, and I think we came out ahead because, I'll tell you why, 
This is for you, Dan Gibbon. One of uh, and Dan and uh, and and Pavel, I'll get one for you here later on. I'm sure one will, will come up, but uh, they're they're at the big swinging swinging Richard level uh, on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Burning Daylight, and they get a sponsored Dick Joke of the Week. So I think we came out ahead on this Brittany Griner trade. So if you remember back here oh, a couple months ago, whenever <coughs> we had that Russian propaganda video. You're like, time to move to Russia. You know, cheap energy. Uh, traditional values. Christianity. No cancel culture. And, you know, they've been... Uh, um, well, I guess speaking of this uh, this Russian arms dealer, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and put a little story about him up. Um he uh he's now i guess he's joined an ultra nationalist party in in russia uh the liberal democrat <coughs> excuse me the liberal democratic party and um he there was there was a um there was some interview with him on, on Russian state media. Um, and he was talking about the U S and how he brought up the whole, the trans and LGBTQ stuff, uh, and, and how it was destroying society. He thought, and I think that Russia missed a absolutely golden opportunity to, well, to kind of dunk on us for for this uh, the trans stuff, you know, I think I think they. I mean, this is this is a, a gal who she was she was sentenced to ten years in a Russian penal colony. So the gulag essentially it might not have been in in Siberia, but a gulag nonetheless. Uh, my, it's probably a nicer gulag than than back in the Soviet days. Just since you know they they have markets there now, so I mean that that's that's a plus. Uh, it's not just not everything is um, is run by the state. I mean most of it, but there there is some private enterprise there, and it's not not so private. But it there it does run off of markets uh, somewhat. So, I, I would think it, it compared to the Soviet days, it's probably probably pretty cushy, and um, so may, maybe maybe not. I'm not sure. But either way, with all of like the Russian fuckery that goes on, and like all the experiments that they do, not that we don't. I mean, Doctor Fauci still hasn't told us how COVID got out of Wuhan yet. Um, Son of a bitch. It was so windy here the other day, and I'm still, like, it was Saturday, I think. Yeah, Saturday. I'm still just blowing shit dust out of my nose from, from then. Uh, so, you have a chance. You got this six foot ten um, black lesbian basketball player. She's, she's an Amazon uh, of a woman. She is feisty. 
she's lesbian. I mean, she's got a, a chip on her shoulder, her extremely tall shoulder. She can dunk, kind of. And she's, she's pretty athletic, pretty damn athletic. Like one of the most athletic women basketball players of all time. Yeah, pretty athletic for a, la for a lady. They could have souped her up with so much testosterone, um, sewed uh, like a just a monster cock on her, and, and then I don't know what kind of what size of tits she's got, but I mean, like, shoot those babies up too, and make her like the ultimate Russian warrior, and have her like this Amazon goddess, leading you know with but with a giant you know hammer cock leading troops on uh onto the battlefield that russia could have done that you know they have the capability they could have just let the you know the marine guy out that's been there for four years i mean like are they tired of feeding him yet they could have just let him out and spent money on britney and made her into a super warrior it was a huge missed opportunity and i think we should capitalize Send Brittany Griner to the Navy SEALs right now. Like, I mean, I mean, maybe let her get some some weight, some meat back on her bones. I'm sure the borscht over there was uh, a little subpar for her liking. But um, you know, let her let her get some some uh, some good food in her. Let her uh, you know manhandle her her uh, her wife like she's done in the past. You know, I'm sure. Share a lot of pent up sexual rage going on there, and um, and then send her to the Navy SEALs, and train her into do what Russia didn't do, sew a giant dick on her, give her some big fake titties and a bunch of testosterone, caffeine, maybe some horse tranquilizer, and jujitsu lessons, and hell, give her the Neuralink. The, the one that that um, caused Elon's monkeys to, like, bite their hand off. Like, tweak that chip a little bit so she's not chewing her own hand off, but somebody else's. And then you can, like, program it with AI so that even if she chews the wrong person's hand off, it learns from that. And then it only chews off Russian hands or Iranian hands or something of the sort. I don't know. Either way... Putin missed out on that one. Really missed out. Um, but all jokes aside, I'm glad she's back, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, it's one of those things that <sighs> I really feel bad for, for old Brittany Griner. She, she got caught up in a shitstorm of what I believe is going going to be the next world war. Uh I mean she's she's going to play ball in Russia because nobody watches women's basketball here in in the United States. So she plays in the WNBA, makes I don't know, half a million a year maybe. Um which is still a lot of money. A lot of money. But compared to what LeBron's making, fuck, dude. Ridiculous. So she goes over to Russia because they pay better over there uh, and plays in the offseason, uh, like a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of women play overseas in the offseason because 
It just pays a lot better. Hard, hard to, hard to look down on him for that. She gets caught with a vape pen in her bag in the Moscow airport and gets detained right in the middle of this whole Russia-Ukraine nonsense. And um, now she has just been a political pawn for the last nine, ten months or whatever. Supposedly, it was a, it was a, a vape car cartridge full of cannabis oil. Never did uh, specify whether it was CBD or... THC or whether it was even actually hers or if it was planted there by uh, Russian state police. Who the fuck knows? This is Russia we're talking about. And also, she's a uh, black lesbian woman basketball player. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility that she smokes a little weed. And she's uh, she's younger than me, so... She's uh, she's hip to the vapes, so it's not out of the line of possibility that yeah that that was hers, but it is Russia. You always got to take that into account. I'm like yeah, they they've done some shady shit, just like uh, like every other government in the world. But Russia's particularly egregious. I mean, you can look into any of the any of the horrific starvations and purges and stuff that went on through Soviet Russia. It was. Uh, not a not a great place to live if you weren't in the the highest spheres of of power uh, in the Soviets. But in in even then, uh, sometimes communism just got you. It just tends to get you that old communism. So anyway, I I know a lot of people are pissed off at her because she uh, how disrespected the flag or whatever. Um, no, what what I think she she had requested the the national anthem not to be played because she was uh offended or something which is um dumb really dumb fuck fuck fucking stupid but I, I don't know I don't find anything particularly egregious about it and, and particularly the backlash of uh, people like, like, yeah, just let her, let her rot over there. Yeah, I don't know. She, she's still American, right? I mean, we're, we're kind of, kind of halfway supposed to be on the same team. And I, I don't. I mean, I honestly, I'd be kind of pissed if they, uh, if they, you know, even if they arrested Hillary Clinton in Russia. I mean, I don't like the bitch, but. You can't, you can't do that, Russia. Like, fuck off. Don't, don't be, don't be pulling these. I mean, Hillary would be a little more understandable, a lot more understandable than, than Brittany Griner. But like to pull a civilian in that, that was a, that was a pretty low blow on the, on on Russia's part. And so yeah, I'm I'm glad they got her back. It was a terrible trade, but I mean. I don't know. I guess the at least she's back. I mean that. I don't care how bad somebody's speech and uh, opinion hurts your feelings. Like to wish a Russian penal colony colony on them is uh, seems a bit harsh. I ain't that. 
I don't know if I've ever been that pissed off at somebody to, to wish that upon them. Not somebody that I knew anyways, and, and particularly not somebody that I just saw on the TV um, that made me mad. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't understand quite so much that the the backlash uh, against her, uh, especially when the grand scheme of things, she just she plays in the fucking WNBA. Nobody watches it anyway, so I, I don't know what to be all that upset about. So, uh Good thing she's back, and and on um, I guess on a you know more important point that on that is to get that done, the Secretary of State and the Russian Foreign Minister had to at least speak to each other, which that's a good thing. Um, it's it's a very basic first step of diplomacy is to sit down and talk. Whether they sat down and talked to each other or not, I don't know. But they did have some sort of communication and to get this thing through. And so, yeah, them two talking to each other is better than them not, uh, I would I would assume. So there, there's a silver lining and all that. And also, she's home. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you see, see this uh, Russian arms dealer selling a bunch of weapons uh back into ukraine to be used against russia because uh the dude is a money maker uh he's a capitalist i don't he's a, he's a fucking arms dealer i don't i don't think he's uh hardcore well they said he joined the you know the ultra nationalist party but i i think that guy's just out, out for the money um we'll see who knows? But to explain even further why I believe that we're going to war, um, we started off um, talking about Russia, Ukraine, because that's that's the most um, that that'd be your odds-on favorite, I suppose, as to where this is all gonna this is all gonna pop off. So you've got Western Europe over here, UK. Germany, uh, Sweden. I'm not good at running the Google Earth, but you got Ukraine down here. Um, and in particular, let's go down to the Black Sea. There we go. Um, so this, you got the Crimean Peninsula here. Uh, and then you've got fighting over in this part of Ukraine. So uh, you got... Um, where's, there we go, Luhansk, Donetsk, uh, Zaporizhia, and then, uh, where is Kherson? I believe it's over here, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Kherson, over here. So, essentially, since the start of this war, Russia has annexed here. Um, here, here, and here. So there's still kind of a region. Yeah, yeah. So they got they got essentially they got a land bridge going from mainland Russia over to um to Crimea. They they were all the way up in where was where was Kherson the the city, but it was it was over this this river. So Kherson the city over here but now 
they are back on this side. Um, after they they kind of annex this, it's it kind of ground to a uh, stalemate. Um, one of the big escalations was over this little bridge right here, which uh, connects Crimea to the Russian mainland. Uh, Ukrainian special forces blew that up with a truck. Um, it didn't completely destroy the bridge, but it did a lot of damage. And that was the main thoroughfare for them to, to move equipment across uh, into Crimea and then supply these southern regions, as well as going, you know, they had, they've got stuff over in here uh, going through Luhansk uh, and, and Donetsk. I hate trying to pronounce all these Russian names um, and Ukrainian names. But anyways, it's a kind of a stalemate. And then shit really kind of kicked up once Ukraine started firing into Russia proper. So all this shit over here um, and then this bridge. Uh Russia annexed Crimea back in 2014, 2018. It's 20, no, it's 2014, I believe. And, um, the world hasn't really recognized it, but they kind of just allowed it to be. They still consider it part of Ukraine, but they're not real, I guess, married to the idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I I recorded a whole episode and my microphone was on mute, so that that was neat. Um, but anyway, this this bridge is definitely Russian territory. Russian Russia built it. Whatever is one of like Vladimir Putin's uh, shining achievements or whatever. In response, Russia pounded Ukraine with uh, missile strikes that. Um, took out a lot of their energy infrastructure, the, you know, the power plants, the, the electrical grid, things of that nature, um, total war type shit, which, uh, the U S has not really waged since, um, world war two. And something I don't know that the, the American public really has the stomach for. But if they do, um, or if they don't, uh, they're going to have to find the stomach for it um, if this shit pops off. Because if, if we get into a conflict with, with Russia, it's not going to be pretty. You can ask the Germans and the Poles and um, any number of countries that, that got conquered by Germany for a short time there in, uh, in World War II. The Third Reich didn't last long, but boy, they caused a lot of damage. So um, if you look at Ukraine and Ru so Russia's over here, you got Belarus, which is uh, uh, a big, big ally of, of Russia, kind of a kind of a puppet government of the Kremlin. Um, you got Poland over here. Moldova is... Um, you know, not too far from, from Crimea over here. And, and there's a, there's an area in Moldova that is, um, heavily Russian speaking or, or ethnic Russian. And, um, 
Putin's got his sights set on, set on Moldova as well. Um, and then you've got Romania over here. So Poland and Romania both have, I don't know how many troops, I don't know how many uh, units, um, whether it's divisions or what, or, or regiments or whatever. The Well, the 101st Airborne is a division. So you got elements of the 101st in Poland and Romania both. Um, <coughs> we're sending a lot more troops up into, uh, I think Estonia and Lithuania. Um, we're, we're really ramping up our troop presence in, uh, in Europe. Um, yeah, now you had the, the little deal the other day when a Ukrainian missile landed in Polish territory, killed a couple of Polish citizens. Um, the Ukrainians blamed it on Russia initially and then had to walk that back uh, when it was found out it was one of their own, uh, you know, like anti, um, what would anti-aircraft or anti-missile missiles. It was, uh, something that they, they fired to try to, you know, slow down the missile onslaught from, from Russia landed in Poland. Um, and then you had the Ukrainian president and their foreign minister, um, shrieking to NATO to try to try to step in and, uh, and escalate this thing, which is not, not a good idea for, for anyone, particularly Ukraine, like Ukraine's going to get hit the hardest in, in any of this, this nonsense. So, it's um you've got Finland and Sweden uh getting getting set to join NATO. Um you know Finland shares a border with Russia. Sweden's not that far over. <laughs> you got the Black Sea which is where the the Nord Stream pipeline goes through uh over here into to Germany. Germany the other day had a had a coup attempt to try to throw overthrow the government. Apparently, 25 people were arrested on, um, in conjunction with this plot. Uh, and the goal was to, to storm the... It's not the Reichstag anymore, uh, but it's the Bundestag. And, and then they were going to install... Uh, Kaiser Heinrich the Eighth or something like that was it? Some member who uh, of hell, I would say he was a member of the the German royalty, like the the old Prussian royalty. But he wasn't really. He was like the the German royalty hasn't had any powers for over a hundred years. But this, it was, it was called the, it was.
All right, we're back. Um, I don't know what happened on that one, but I think uh, my audio is still good here. I think so. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, anyway, um, this Reichsberger movement did not get very far. They uh, they got arrested, and um, but. Even though this seemed like it was uh, a big old nothing Reichsburger. Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. You ever wanted to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free it's called spotify for for podcasters and here's how it works spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer uh so no matter what uh your setup was like you can uh start creating today then you can distribute your podcast to spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics, with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it, because it's all video all the time, and we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles, and, uh, and funny memes, so um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to, uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Oh, slow. There we are. Um, so even though these, uh, the, the, the beer hall pooch, um, 
Yeah, which is a failed coup attempt. Um, and, well, they tried again, and they they succeeded for a while anyways. So the more you see these high energy prices in Germany and, um, and the more this, this war in Ukraine slogs on, um, according to both, um, sources within the, the department of defense. And then, um, there was a, a video from the EU president the other day. Uh, maybe I can pull that up. That, uh, according to, to the DOD, Russia has, has uh, lost about 100,000 troops killed and wounded, um, which is, that's a lot. It's a lot. But so have the Ukrainians. You know, I think Russia is somewhere in the, the ballpark of like three to four times bigger than um, bigger than Ukraine. And yeah, let me here we go. I got this this video. Make sure my my audio is good and we'll We'll pop this on the screen. Yeah. Have been more than 100,000 Ukrainian military officers have been killed so far. More than 100,000 Ukrainian military officers. One 100,000. Um, and then about that, about that same amount on, on the Russian side. So big time numbers, meat grinder over there. And and the more and more this goes on, the the more and more it escalates. So now we have, in response to um, Russia bombarding all the energy infrastructure in Ukraine, Ukraine has started launching drones over into Russian territory, and not just like the new regions that uh, that Putin you know annexed. Um, so if we go, um, all right, so we got the Kursan region, Zaporizhia, Donetsk, Luhansk. That's where, that's where the main fighting is. Those are the four regions that, that Russia formally annexed, um, earlier this year, um, due to a, a big, Ukrainian counteroffensive. They've pushed the the Russians out of this area over here and back uh, across the. I think that's the Dnieper, the Dnieper, Dnieper, Dnieper River, something like that. <clears throat> and um, so, in response to to the to the missile attacks these drone attacks have been launched into Russia proper, like not even these regions here. And according to, let me find that, that article, but 
Where was that? Um, here we go. I sent this to to Rush or to to Aaron the other day, and uh, this is why the main reason why I think um, we're going to war, and, and this is the reason why I think it's probably going to be in Europe. If you look at the troop buildup, all the shit that's gone down, but now the Pentagon. This is from the Times of London. Um. Pentagon gives Ukraine uh, green light for drone strike strikes inside Russia. Pentagon has given a tacit endorsement of Ukraine's long-range attacks on targets inside Russia after Putin's multiple missile strikes against Kiev's critical infrastructure. Um, since the daily assaults on civilians began in October, the Pentagon has revised its threat assessment of the war in Ukraine Crucially, this includes new judgments about whether armed shipments uh, to Kiev might lead to a military confrontation between Russia and NATO. Um, this represents a significant development in the nine-month war uh, between Ukraine and Russia, with Russia, with Washington now likelier to supply Kiev with longer-range weapons. We're still using the same escalatory calculations, but the fear of... A a uh, source told the times it's different now this is because the calculus of the war has changed as a result of the suffering and the brutality the ukrainians are being subjected to by the russians washington is now less concerned that the new long-range strikes inside russia could lead to dramatic escalation uh, moscow's revenge attacks have to date all involved conventional missile strikes against civilian targets previously the pentagon was warier of ukraine attacking russia because it feared the kremlin would retaliate with tactical nuclear weapons or by targeting uh neighboring nato nations so now they think because um well they haven't hit poland yet and they haven't hit ukraine with a nuke yet um they're probably not going to do it. So we're just going to. All right. Go ahead, Ukraine. Forge ahead and start shooting uh, into Russia, which is what they've been doing. So they've, within the last week or so, they've launched airstrikes or drone strikes on uh, air bases. Um, one of the bases was like three to 400 miles inside of Russia, like long way in there. And a couple others um, with like a, you know, about a hundred miles uh, inside Russia. But this is like not in the disputed territories at all. This is Russia proper. And luckily, those were not American made drones. They were like old Soviet era drones that are kind of, kind of like the Iranian kamikaze drones. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about them, but uh, essentially, I, I think when they go to, to deliver their payload like that's it like if, if they're if they're delivering a bomb that that thing's not coming back and you know not like our drones where which ukraine wants by the way uh i think it's like the gray eagles here we're pull up that article that um that you that uh Vladimir Zelensky, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky on Monday addressed a group of seven 
and asked for natural gas and more advanced weaponry, including fighter jets, tanks, and long-range missiles. After the meeting, G7 leaders, uh, leaders released a joint statement reaffirming they will support Ukraine for as long as it takes. And... Yeah, they were... Can't find that uh, article, but I, they were, they were wanting one of our drones systems in particular that uh, can stay stay in the air for like uh, over a day, I think like twenty five hours or something like that, and has uh, has a range of like two hundred and fifty miles, which is like that's that's enough to damn near strike Mos Moscow from from certain parts of of Ukraine, I think. Um, either way, that, I mean, 250 miles, that's, that's quite a ways. And the drones that we, they want of ours, uh, you can put Hellfire and, um, I forget what the other missile, um, that you can, that you can mount on there and fire from there. <coughs> that's, um, that's not a great thing. When we're staring down the barrel of, um, nuclear war so now we're considering giving them uh these longer range weapons because we just assume that putin will not respond with a nuke or on nato countries i mean maybe maybe i don't know how much i would count on it but Maybe. Um, also, along those same lines, the the United States and NATO countries have essentially trained their ammunition stockpiles, particularly of um, artillery shells. Uh, the way this war is going in Ukraine, there I can't remember exactly how many artillery shells they were using but i know it was something along the lines of either they would use in one day or maybe one week the same number of artillery shells that uh that they would use in afghanistan uh, in a whole month so with i mean it's a lot more a lot more artillery shelling a lot more like a lot a lot more expensive uh in that aspect and now the the more and more you send this more advanced uh weaponry over there not only does it get more expensive and it escalates the the conflict but also it gives russia a chance to capture some of those weapons and uh, reverse engineer and engineer it and fortify their own military that's what we we would do that's what we both sides of this this whole conflict um the two big ones anyway, Russia and U.S. We've been stealing shit from each other for years and, and re reverse engineering it. I mean, we we got a freaking... I can't remember what country it was from in the Middle East. Um, might have been Libyan, maybe? Um, we got him to defect and steal a fucking MiG and fly it over to... Uh, one of our bases and then we were able to you know reverse engineer that and make our our uh, fighter jets better and whatnot but 
Oh, son of a bitch. Um, it's just kind of the name of the game, I guess. Uh, you, you steal shit back and forth from each other. And the best way for them not to steal it from us over there is to not send it over there. But that's too little too late on that, that end. So anyhow, we've depleted all of our, not all of our, but like, I think we're running pretty seriously low on on our ammunition depot and uh nato countries have essentially drained theirs as well sending it to ukraine we've actually spent more money maybe i said this earlier maybe it was on the the episode i recorded that didn't record i don't know i can't remember but so i'll say it again we've spent more money than russia has on this war and russia is the invader we have spent so much money and it's not slowing down at all um and then not to even just focus on russia completely if we go over to the east a little ways we've got we've got a situation over here in uh in asia and it's not real, real handy either. So you've got Japan over here. You got North Korea over here. Not too far away from each other. North Korea, Pyongyang, and then Tokyo is, where is it? It's over, over here somewhere. Tokyo, right there. There you go. Pyongyang to Tokyo. Um, mind you, you know, um, North Korea has weapons that are capable of, capable of hitting like Guam and, and Hawaii and maybe, yeah, so you got Hawaii over here and I think maybe they can, they can hit California with their, their ICBMs. And they've been just firing missiles left and right over the past couple of months, just uh, stirring up some shit. So you got that. And then you got this cool little situation over here, uh, Taiwan. If uh, you remember back in history, post-World uh, War II, after the, the Japanese got nuclear bombed and, and uh, gave up like a bunch of pussies, um, we were left to dealing with the shit show aftermath of China, which part of it used to be a, uh, a British colony, Hong Kong over here. Um, and I don't know, there's a, like, there's a whole sordid history, um, uh, with, with, uh, with China and Korea and all, all these, all these Asian countries and, and uh, colonialism. Uh, but essentially, after after World War II, uh, even though you know India and a lot of a lot of Asia was colonized by by Britain and France, they were too fucked up after the war to be able to to do much about it. The only only countries that really had had any sort of might left was us and the Soviet Union. Yeah, but in particular us, because we didn't get invaded. 
We didn't have to fight off the Nazi army on our own soil. And uh, we didn't have to dump 12 million troops <laughs> into that conflict. We, we sacrificed a lot, but nowhere near as much as Russia did. So therefore, we came out way on the better end of the deal. And uh, so here we are in China after we dro drove out uh, the Japanese, bombed the absolute bejesus out of them, and then went ahead and nuked them twice. Um, we got China sent just uh, simmering over here, and we, this big civil war breaks out between Mao Zedong and the communists and Chen, Chiang Kai-shek and the, nas the nationalist Chinese army. Well, the communists being the, the great promisers of everything that they are, they promised all the things, and uh, they ended up winning that civil war. And Chiang Kai-shek and the nationalists, he uh, they tuck their tails and run, and they head over here to the island of Taiwan, where they've essentially been their own country, um, just not uh, just not recognized by the rest of the world, I guess. And um, so it's always been kind of like, yeah, sure, Taiwan, you're you're your own thing, but we have a one China policy, meaning that there's only one China. There's not Chinese Taipei. There is China, and that's it. And um, the key thing about China in this this day and age is they manufacture manufacture like eighty five percent of the world's semiconductors and microchips that um, we use in all of these uh, electronic devices that we have, whether it's your phone, your earbuds, your pickup, your laptop, your fucking Instapot, all this shit that. It uses microchips, and almost all of them are made in Taiwan. So it's not um, it's not a huge stretch to see why China might want to go ahead and take Taiwan back. Um, and there has been a lot of talks between uh, the U.S. and China, so that's a good thing. Uh, you know, regardless of what all the we don't negotiate with terrorist type people tell you like dialogue is good sometimes it doesn't go anywhere sometimes it does but uh to de-escalate something of this this level like man you've got to be able to to talk to people and um and figure that shit out so now we'll go back to the west a little bit not full on in the west but you know meanwhile you still got china here you got India here, and the, there's this big border between India and China, and there, there's always skirmishes about going on around there. Um, Myanmar, which used to be Burma, right over here, um, they have got a lot of, a lot of political strife going on in their country. Um, Pakistan and India hate each other. Um, real bad they don't like each other at all um and they both got nukes so that that's that's neat um yeah so they're always fighting with each other iran you know u.s hates iran well 
the U.S. government hates Iran for not giving up their oil to the British in 1950, the 1950s. So they overthrew. I believe it was the first and well, the first in the Arab world, the first democ- uh, democratically elected uh, president. Um, but uh, the first one in Iran, for sure. It might have been the first in the Muslim world. I can't remember. But anyway, we've always had a beef with them ever since that. Um, they're, uh, they're in the news a lot. Israel hates them. Israel's over here um, in this little, this little area here. Um, they, they've got a, they share a border with Syria. They're launching airstrikes in Syria on an increasing basis. Um, they've been bombing Syria for quite some time. They, you know, Syria and, and Israel lob bombs back and forth at each other all the time. Um, you got Turkey who just suffered a, uh, suffered a, uh, a terrorist bombing in Istanbul, uh, here a couple of weeks ago. They're blaming the Kurdistan region of, uh, of Syria and, uh, and this group called the, like the PKK, I think. I don't know what that stands for, but essentially they're Sunni Muslims and they control this, uh, let's see, Kurdistan. There we go. So this Mm. Kurdistan, Syria. All right. All right, so you have this region up in here in northern Syria that the borders up against Turkey. That's essentially essentially a, an autonomous region within within Syria um run by the Kurds. Turkey's blaming them for for bombing Istanbul. Um you know, you got this little peninsula that connects um essentially the Middle East to to Europe going from you know, Turkey into Bulgaria and, uh, what is that? Greece, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. So this whole area is a hot spot. Syria is a, is a shit show. We caused that for the most part, not all of it, but played a pretty, played a pretty big hand. Um, of course you've always got Israel, um, fighting with Syria um, they're not, they're not so much fighting with, uh, with Egypt anymore, which is good, but, um, they, they still got some beef with Jordan. Maybe I think, I don't know. Iraq's a shit show. Who knows what the fuck's going on over there. And then let's go back to where world war two started. Sarajevo in Bosnia and Herzegovina. As far as I know, Bosnia and Herzegovina are not, there's nothing popping off there just yet but serbia and kosovo different story this is all of the balkans um but if you remember back to world war one 
was all kicked off in Sarajevo by a fella named Gavrilo Princip, uh, assassinated the Archduke of uh, Austria, Franz Ferdinand, set off a chain of events that launched uh, Europe into war and then eventually the entire world. Only to happen again about 30 years later after it ended. And um, <coughs> in the meanwhile, like we never, the and by we, I mean the, the Western region, never figured out a good way to break up this uh, or, or allow this area to do its thing. So Yugoslavia was this huge country in, in here. Um, and there was a lot of, a ton of different ethnic um, issues throughout that whole area because there, it was a huge country and, and there was a lot of like really old tribal um, disagreements within there and it led to war. Um, there's shit always cooking in, in the Balkans there. And right now you have Serbian troops, um, threatening to march into Kosovo to protect the ethnic Serbians over there. And, uh, there's, there's been protests and they've like locked, uh, locked down a highway and there's been some, you know, both sides kind of exchanging fire and it's, real tense situation and the the eu i think is uh yeah eu is prepared to send in peacekeepers um let me pull up that article and uh yeah here we go so U.S. and EU envoys urge Kosovo and Serbia not to fuel violence. Envoys from the European Union and the United States have called on Kosovo and Serbia to remain calm and not fuel an ongoing ethnic crisis in Kosovo's north, where local Serbs have erected barricades to pol prevent police movement. Uh, Serb protesters in northern Kosovo have blocked main roads and exchanged fire with police after the arrest of a former Serb policeman for allegedly attacking Kosovo institutions and officials during rising tensions between authorities and Kosovo's Serb minorities. Um, this was another article. Uh, EU sends prepared to send reinforcements to mission in Kosovo. Um, didn't say how many they were willing to send. Um, but either way, like, shit seems like it could pop off over there. And then when you look about, all right, so we were in Kosovo or was it Serbia or was it Bosnia? Where does Herzegovina play in? I don't know. And why is that our business? And we have that. And then you're like, all right, well, they're not that far from Italy and Italy just, um, elected a, what, the media is calling a, a far right wing um, prime minister and their party is um, taking power. Uh, you had this coup attempt in Germany and, uh, and also happened to be on the day of the, the Nord Stream pipeline bombing. 
there were huge protests in Germany against the government to turn the Nord Stream back on because fuel prices and energy prices had gotten so fucking expensive in Germany. Um, one of the things that allowed <coughs> the Nazis and, and, uh, and fascists in general to rise to power in in Europe was the shitty economy. And when, uh, <coughs> when you got a whole generation of your countrymen coming back from a war where they fought their ass off and they got thrown into, you know, one of the biggest meat grinders that's ever happened in world history, um, fought over the same couple hundred yards of turf for four years uh, only to have uh, have your government surrender on your behalf and then accept the terms of this peace deal, which um, just impoverished the, the, German, the German people for all of the 20s and the 30s. And um, when you have that type of poverty, it is a good time for old Marxism to swoop in and talk about the evil capitalists and the workers of the world uniting and all that. And, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the whole workers of the world thing, uh, later on when I, I give you my advice or my, my thoughts on how to, how to survive this, this upcoming conflict. But, um, and uh, hopefully it, it just stays as just a conflict and not a full blown war. But, <sighs> When you put all of this shit into, you know, look at it from a 30,000 foot view. Like, I don't know what. Um, oh, so you go over to. You go over to, to China and Taiwan. Well, Taiwan is not really part of China anymore, but China still claims it. And the rest of the world, like, talks about something else. <laughs> when China brings up, uh, you know, Taiwan and, you know, that we got the one China policy, which means Taiwan's still kind of part of China, I guess. But now we've said, like, we'll support them militarily if China invades. So that that's alarming. Um, North Korea, I don't know. I think they just want people to know they got nukes and... Uh, and they're just trying to get some sort of conca concession somewhere because uh, whether well, people are starving um, by design and they don't have a whole lot of industry, um, but they do have a lot of weaponry. So they're, they've been selling artillery shells to Europe. I mean, to not to Europe, to, to Russia, because uh, Russia's in the same boat as everyone else in, in Europe and NATO of uh, depleting their stockpiles. Because they didn't think this thing was going to be that hard. It's amazing the hubris every time they one of these fuckers starts a war. They're like, we're going to be welcomed with open arms. Never happens. Doesn't happen. At least I haven't seen it yet. Um, and maybe they initially welcome you with open arms. And then they start uh, car bombing you and shit like that. Um... Anyway, then, so I don't, I don't know what North Korea's got going on, where they're, where they're headed. 
Um, but I do know that Japan just ordered a bunch of Tomahawk missiles, which have a long, pretty long range, uh, long enough range for them to strike North Korea and probably China and Russia as well. Um, and yeah, that's a big deal because it's kind of an about face on Japan's uh, military philosophy, which before this was, they called it pacifist, but uh, essentially it was just all self-defense weapons. If it, if it had offensive strike capabilities, they just said, nope, we're not going to do that. We learned our lesson from uh, our brief stint in Japanese imperialism. But now they're, they got some Patriot missiles on, or Tomahawk missiles. Patriot no Patriot missile systems the one going in in uh, Poland, which is uh, it's a missile defense system I guess. Uh, um, it's mostly used to shoot down um, ICBMs and whatnot. But the Tomahawks are definitely uh, an offensive weapon, and they've got the range to strike some really bad guys that could start some really worse shit for the rest of the world. So. Keep an eye on that. Um, there's there's just a lot of this shit going down, and then and then it, it's all for me. It just like I don't know where it's gonna pop off. I I would my my bet would be Germany has something to do with it, and um, I, I just yeah I gotta go with the odds on money that it's probably gonna start in Europe. Um, <laughs> and that's going to mean a bunch of things, but the the main thing that's that's going to mean is it's going to take a lot of money, and uh, we're going to have to mobilize like we haven't mobilized since World War II. Um, number two, that means the draft's probably coming back too. Uh, you're not going to be able to take on russia and or china and or north korea and or do something in the balkans and or still continue to try to police the middle east and north africa and or maintain security here at home and or you know try to make sure that the mexican cartels don't get too powerful um gonna take a lot more than a than an all-volunteer fighting force to to do all of that uh and so yeah this ship pops off you can count on the draft coming back i i think that's i've like i said i've been wrong before been wrong on a lot of these predictions but i think that one you could probably take to the bank if uh ship pops off in europe and then that leads to a ship popping off elsewhere Mm, yeah, we're going to need a lot more troops than we got now. A lot more, which brings me to, I guess, my final point. Now, we're, where are we at? We're at hour seven. So where do we go from here? How do we, how do we manage through all this? And I think there's a few things you can take advantage of if we, if we learned anything through history. So my dad, Wes McKinley, he's not my biological dad, but he's the guy I call my dad. Uh, and then his his younger brothers. My dad's the oldest of, uh, of six boys. Uh, Uncle Dave was uh, the one right below him. 
They both received draft notices to go fight in Vietnam. Um, my dad was working for a farm, or w working with my grandpa on a farm ranch operation. Uh, Uncle Dave was in school, didn't have a full-time job. My dad got a deferment. Uh, Uncle Greg or Uncle Dave uh, was drafted, went to Vietnam. Donald J. Trump. <coughs> claimed he had bone spurs. He was also going to college. Did not go to Vietnam. Um, while a bunch of, bunch of other regular working class folks, black, brown, white, yellow, all got drafted, sent over to Vietnam to fight. Um, get yourself a deferment because this one over in Europe is going to be pretty ugly and... I don't know if the U.S. military has ever been in a war where the enemy is using drones to shoot back against them. <clears throat> I know we've got we've we've got a lot of a lot of experience in um, picking apart terrorist cell groups in in Middle Eastern countries, but the last time we fought a major power was uh, well, the guy that we're fixing to go fight was on our side back then, and. Um, I liked those that scenario better because uh, Germany doesn't have very many natural resources. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I'm I'd be fine reversing this scenario and having Putin on our side and we're fighting Germany, but that's not how it is. It's not how the world works, and um, yet I don't know. Germany is interesting. You had. If you take this coup plot, I don't know how big of a deal it actually was. It made a lot of media stink, but I don't know. Obviously, there was no actual threat to the state power there, but you take that, and then you also look at Poland, who possibly is responsible for blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline because, uh, well, that would mean that more gas got pumped through their pipelines in Poland into Germany and you know that makes them money so that's a good thing in their in their books um and then they also requested something like 4 trillion dollars in reparations from World War II from Germany and uh and Germany is not real happy about it so you know a little trouble in paradise maybe i don't know um, and it, it's just a perfect example of, of how insightful all these, uh, these founding fathers of ours, you know, when, when Washington talked about not getting into entangling alliances in Europe and, and, uh, John Quincy Adam talked about refraining from gallivanting around the world, looking for dragons to slay. <coughs> like, I don't know what our our relationship with Serbia is. I think they're more friendly with Russia. I don't know. I believe Kosovo is a NATO member, maybe. I, I, I don't know. And, and for you folks out there that don't pay attention to this at all, and you're just hearing it from me, like, yeah, I, if I don't know, how's, how's, how's somebody that doesn't pay attention at all know? And, how how are the people in in power how are they going to 
try to expect us to know what the hell's going on <clears throat> over in Kosovo and Serbia. Um, let alone, I, like, I don't know what uh, Italy's ties are with Russia if they if they got some treaty. I don't know what Germany's um, what their their situation is, and it's just he seems like a lot of something that we should stay the fuck out even though we've caused a lot of this or at least had a pretty big hand in in uh, a lot of this shit happening over the over the past hundred years but i don't know if there's if it's ever too late to just stop doing that and yeah i don't know i don't know it's uh It's crazy. So, um, one of the things that ha has become very apparent um, is with this ammunition shortage, with uh, Zelensky demanding more and more weapons, and the military-industrial complex being what it is, those companies that make these weapons are going to make a shitload of money. Shitload of money. Especially since uh, in part of the, the new National Defense Authorization Act, um, it's uh, like open open bid contracts or something where, where essentially like, I mean, it's technically an open bid, but like everybody knows who's getting the bid and it's uh, and it's the guys that, make javelins and shit. So, ah. that being said, like when, when, uh, with, when all these contracts start kicking in and, and we're trying to replenish our own stockpile as, as well as, as keep uh, Ukraine in business. Yeah. I, I would say like, if you're, if you're uh, kind of, thinking this cowboy shit's not paying so well, I would go get a factory job at Lockheed or um, Raytheon or Boeing or General Dynamics or any of these these major, like, go take a look at, at what the, our military is using right now. Find who makes those products, and this is not financial advice, but it seems to me like a dumbass podcaster, those would be solid investments. But... I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, I do know that a lot of companies that make those uh, those munitions and whatnot are union labor. They're union job. That's another thing I would recommend if you don't have a good uh, a good situation where you're at cowboying. There's no shame in uh, go working in a factory for a little bit to to get you some money. Uh, those union jobs in the factory, the work might suck. Probably not as bad as a cold day of horseback, you know, when, when it's just windy and miserable and you got a lot of shit to do. I bet the factory ain't that bad compared to, compared to uh, this past Saturday, you know. Um, so, yeah, I... I think um, 
I think a union job at one of these companies right now might be a good ticket. Might be a good way to get a uh, deferment out of out of that old draft deal. Um, but I mean, if if you're dead set on like being being the American badass and 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 joining up, more power to you. Um, I respect the hell out of it. I would not recommend any uh, any of my kids, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, unless shit kind of comes around back to to normal i would i would not recommend my kids join the military i would not recommend any of the the younger folks that listen to the show that that still are you know kind of in that age range for military service i like i i wouldn't recommend uh any of you guys you know signing up right now like i'd say buy a gun and be ready to fight here because (coughs) and that's one thing for sure is Short of uh, full-on, you know, thermonuclear war, we're probably okay over here. We got the Pacific Ocean between us and Russia and China. We got the Atlantic Ocean between us and Europe and Africa. And uh, (sighs) we've got a government to our north that is run by the biggest pussy I've ever seen in my life. And then we got um, very fertile territory for the taking. I would I would advise. Um, and I'm not I'm not a hawk. I'm not a not, you know I'm I'm very for, for the most part I would I would say very non-interventionalist. But Mexico's broke. Like that 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 whole country is just fucking broken. Not broke wasn't a good word. Broken. I don't know how you fix that shit. Um, we had a we had a big hand in that with the with the drug war, and I don't know. I I don't know how you fix that. Um, but it seems like maybe maybe this might be one little case where imperialism ain't that bad. Um, it could backfire horribly, but mm, what are you gonna do? Um. But I, I would highly recommend getting involved in your local politics, and particularly with people who are of the, the mindset to tell the federal government to pound sand and let us live our lives. Like Those are the type of people that you need to get at the local and state level. Um, personally, I would spend some money in stocks. I would look at all of these, uh, these defense contractors and see see what their bottom line is see what the the records say and maybe maybe it's a ends up being a clean puff piece and maybe you break something huge who knows but i uh i think independent journalism is going to be huge going forward um know how to use the internet that's always a good thing um, not everything on the internet is good, but knowing how to navigate it is, uh, is essential. And so be, be internet savvy to a certain extent, just at least enough to know how to get some shit, uh, whatever that shit might be. Um, and if you do end up, uh, end up in Ukraine, Godspeed, man. It's, uh, it's going to be a long fucking winter. It is cold up there, and 
Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I don't know what where where all this is headed. I really don't. But just looking at history, I, I, it just seems more and more like this shit's head to conflict and like a major conflict. And this is kind of our generation's uh, you know Cuban Missile Crisis, except this is Russian Missile Crisis, and we had a big play in uh getting to that point just like we did with uh with cuba and all that and it seems to me that well you don't have to be overly apologetic to these world leaders you can stand your your ground and show that you're you know the working man without without all the show you know like he it's funny watching that guy work man i don't know where i'm headed with any any of this but the these defense industry stocks not a not a financial advisor but i i'm going to buy some of that <clears throat> i'm 37 years old i think i'm probably too old for the draft but when you look at ukraine and they've lost 100,000 soldiers now they're drafting people that are um you know, just under the age of 40. So you, you got some 40-year-olds getting ready to go hit the front lines. And he, uh, man, it, it's one thing to have a, a guerrilla force uh, against a, you know, a Middle Eastern dictator, but to try and stare down the fucking Russians, man, like, how how many people have they made die or have they disappeared mm. yeah it's it's one thing i like i think you ought to be you don't have to be scared of them but you ought to be somewhat careful when you're talking shit to russia you know um one of the one of the reasons i, I i'm pushing for this union job deal is for whatever reason, on the conservative and libertarian side of the political spectrum, there has been almost no effort whatsoever to get in the good graces with uh, the labor unions. I'm not a big labor union fan myself because I don't, I don't like socialism. I hate communism. I hate them both. But I also understand the power of, or I can see the power of collective bargaining and in today's day and age, I think it's going to take a lot of worker strikes to uh, to claw back any semblance of normalcy. You know, the, the crazy part about this COVID stuff is not only did, uh, you know, it locked people down and screwed up the, the supply chain and all, all of that. <coughs> but it just riled up tensions uh domestically and you know and foreign tensions as well i mean just like people are were so on edge and i i don't know like if you're a young guy i don't know exactly how you go about getting a deferment outside of working in agriculture but if 
you know, if we're headed the way of, of Netherlands, we're that's not going to matter much anyway. Netherlands is just trying to get rid of their agriculture sector all kind of all together. They they it was a one-time buyback uh, offer that was like that was above market price or whatever that they're the Dutch government's offering these farmers and ranchers to just quit, stop doing agriculture. And um, if they take it, great. If not, you're going to have it taken anyways. And we're fairly decent friends with the Netherlands. And so if you don't think they could try that here, well, they definitely could. And anymore i wouldn't put them past them if they if they did i mean it just seems like something maybe they would try um but man if you're if you're gonna send a million troops overseas you gotta figure out how to feed them and uh, that means if you're in the business of growing some sort of food um or a product that ends up as food i'd say you got a pretty pretty steady job um you know i i don't know if we're gonna go back to like the rosie the riveter days or whatnot but i would also like i said i would av avoid that i would avoid that army military like the plague if i could because i i i have no faith in 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 the leadership whatsoever and i it just pains me to think of, of the number of lives that will be wasted on this fucking border squabble between a couple of old dudes <coughs> and just it's crazy and then like that that's kind of the the feeling that a lot of the the union guys have and it's like ah well fuck this company but well you know if we stick together we can make things a little bit better and and i'm i'm all about that a little bit you know like I, I'm I'm pro business as uh, just about anybody on earth, but sometimes uh, business business needs to be put in check because they're they're fucking up too much. And um, I don't know. I think the labor's the labor unions used to kind of do a pretty good job of it. anymore. I, like, I'm not sure what the labor unions do uh, besides just give money to Democrats, but. I don't know. Maybe you get a couple uh, conservative type guys working in the same factory, and they, uh, you know, one of one of them or both of them gets gets on as a union rep, and uh, and kind of changes the course of how an organization like that goes. Especially if you got a bunch of people uh, jumping on board and another, you know, and some new people doing doing the same thing. I, you know, don't don't let these these people be the only ones that they're gonna send us into a stupid war let's fucking make some money on their backs you know just follow follow their where their money's going and might put your own money down they seem to be pretty good at playing that stock market um and if you do get drafted man it shouldn't be too hard for you to move up the ranks given uh today's nonsense who they've been like recruiting to the military just more and more just 50,000 shades of gay that, <laughs> that we were being bombarded with nowadays. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't think it'd be hard to skip over uh, somebody for a promotion that um, requests for certain pronouns to be used. I mean, it's, it's your, you're getting ready to go fight in the, the most lethal fighting force the world has ever seen. You're worried about fucking pronouns. Now get the fuck out or, you, you know, give me 50 push-ups and then get the fuck out. Is be like what a what a drill sergeant would say to that horse shit. So, like, if you do get drafted and uh, and you're reasonably comp- competent and uh, have some s- survival skills, yeah, you'll probably make a pretty good officer. Uh, that other guy wouldn't. So, I don't know, try to be try to be a good leader. Be a leader in your community. Pay attention to who's getting elected locally, which is something I need to do a better job of and if push comes to shove like run for office so you can speak out against this nonsense like it's just insane how much money we've spent on (laughs) on all of it so uh yeah that money's got to go somewhere and get your get your little piece of the pie while you can find where these fuckers are investing and uh yeah, I bet you I bet you you could bet on that. <laughs> I bet you you could bet. I I think you'd be uh I think you'd be in the right spot where where the the money starts to flow a little bit. So anyhow, I don't think we're completely screwed, but get ready for some some rationing. Um get ready for all of these climate change people when push comes to shove. I think uh they're going to be like, hey, we fucking need some oil. Go drill some oil, please. Please drill some oil. I think that's where we're going to be. Um, so I don't know, man. You look at all these, uh, like NATO's the big treaty in Europe, but there's there's so many there's so many other little agreements and not necessarily treaties, but mutual. I don't know if we got any mutual defense pacts, but we've got those things just by a different name all throughout the system. And it it, it looks, it looks pretty daunting if you're not already tied in, but like put good people in. So maybe we don't have this, uh, fucking fiasco down the road. Um, and I don't know, keep listening to me. I'll try to make you laugh. Um, I do I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh when you do it's uh it's been a pretty good ride for for the for old 2022 ups and downs but overall pretty good ride. I'm going to try to do a festivus episode here. Um I think it's on the 23rd. Uh got to see what I got going on, but I, I will be doing a festivus episode. Um, possibly I'll get Aaron to, to chip in on that. And other than that, it's going to be kind of busy from here to the end of the year. So I will try to get some episodes out when I can, but I'm not going to guarantee the three times a week that I normally do, but I will guarantee if you sign up at patreon.com slash burning daylight, you will be the first ones to be allowed to listen to it or watch it either way. First ones, first ones get to see it on, on Patreon. Uh, 
Um, yeah, if you would go check out my, uh, I'm a brand ambassador for, for Bub's natural naturals. They, uh, they sell collagen peptides and, uh, MCT oil and apple cider vinegar, vinegar gummies. Uh, they're going to have a coffee coming soon, but they're, it's a really good company named after one of the guys that, uh, that was killed in the Benghazi raid back in, uh, when was that? 2012 and uh, 2016 2012 i can't remember um either way uh glenn bub doherty uh he was killed in benghazi his his best friend started this company and uh, named it after him it's good stuff um collagen's supposed to be really good for your hair your joints your nails um your skin it's uh they call it like the fountain of youth uh stuff is it true i don't fucking know probably not but it doesn't uh, affect the way my coffee tastes and it does seem to maybe maybe my my joints feel a little bit better maybe we'll see um but if you buy it use the promo code burning daylight i'll get a little kickback and uh you'll be helping the show in that way too so please go do that uh patreon.com slash burning daylight and uh bubsnaturals.com find the stuff that works for you i recommend it all Apple cider vinegar gummies are fantastic. Um, the MCT oil helps you take vitamins in the morning if you don't eat. Like, I typically don't eat before I leave the house. I just uh, I get a cup of coffee. Now I do a scoop of, uh, of collagen, do a scoop of MCT, blend that bitch up, and uh, then I take my vitamin. And I don't, I don't get nauseous from it because uh, I got good lipid in my stomach for the vitamins to, to bind to and whatnot. I don't know. I don't know exactly the science, but either way, um, I've been rambling on long enough. Um, but please, please go, go sign up or, or go support the show in any way you can. Uh, uh, I would appreciate it dearly. We got some, I got some big plans coming up for, for the next year, but it's going to take some money to do so. So tell a friend, uh, share it around. Please help me get these numbers up. Sign up for the Patreon. I, I promise it's uh, the, the extra content is uh, pretty golden. Uh, you know, we 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 go hard in the paint, and then also the live streams. Like that, that's where the, all the live streams are. And I'd like to get a few more of you on comment and and uh, blowing up the the comments. So let's get back to that. And um, so. Go sign up, patreon.com slash burning daylight. Have a great week, and uh, we'll be back here on Friday or Saturday, depending. <laughs> and um, hope you guys have a great, great holiday season as well. So, anyway, I'm going to bed now. Move your ass. We're burning daylight. You rise up in the morning beneath the stars so bright. Pull your hat down, make sure your cinch is tight. Horses kind of snuffy, cold chill up your
fast-moving sun will burn on daylight. Tell the job's done right 